Welcome, Lori and Julia Show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. As you probably already figured out, Julia is off today, and that means Holly Roberts is filling in. Holly Hollywood is here. Howdy, friends. Hello. And I know Holly and I think we have the same weekend claim to fame, Donnie. And it was that we danced our butts off on the My Talk Pride on Tuesday. Well, now let's no <laughs> let's correct that, Lori. You danced your butt off on the Pride How can Parade. You, I mean, what else can you do? You I gotta was, dance. I had to straddle. The pride pontoon, meaning I had to take a like, like a nice squat. Otherwise, the starting and the stopping yes. would fling you off of the float. Yes. I didn't want to become a mishap I, or a I meme. Know. Listen, I mean, uh, I think Julia was the only one who... She hasn't been in a couple of years. So she she gets to my house yesterday and she says, well, I, I, you know... I think this will be done like in an hour and a half. I said, jokes on you, Julia. You haven't been in There's a lot of floats. I think I read there were 149 uh, floats. And uh, um, I said, oh, dear, you have sandals on. She goes, well, what's wrong with that? And I said, um, because we stop and go in the pontoon and that you're kind of gripping, you need socks for moving around and then the heat That's and right. everything else. So, and I mean, it was, it is a blast to yes. dance on that pontoon and people are just, there's so many people and everybody is smiling and waving. And sometimes I think they're smiling and waving at me, but they're really smiling, waving for the sunglasses or whatever. <laughs> yes. For the, for the merch, the street yeah. crew yeah. handing yeah. out all yeah. of the baubles. Because we do have there's... a good street crew, but people, you know, are they're excited to see Jason and Bradley and you, I mean, everybody. And I think this was the biggest uh, amount of people we've had all at the same time. Oh, you meaning on the My Talk staff? The only two people missing were Colleen and Donnie. That's right. Oh, I thought Colleen was there. She was not there yesterday. No, oh. and and you weren't there. So, but normally there might be four or five people that can't be there for whatever reason. So, right. It was it was super. It's just fun a fun and, party, positive yeah, atmosphere, yeah. and I love going to Pride because there's so many different kinds of people coming together to celebrate something positive, and I was thinking that walking Loring Park, and it's just like, oh, look at everyone's out yes. here celebrating, and there's there's dogs and, and bunny rabbits and, yeah. and human beings of all sorts, and so yeah. it's just like a really great celebration, and, and so... Lovely that Twin Cities Pride is yeah, one of so the best. Big, yeah. So big, it was really so. It was it was really good, and I don't know, Dunny. Uh, what was your weekend claim to fame? Since you didn't show up at the Pride, uh, yeah, what were you doing a, yesterday? I, I went to a little show Friday night with thirteen thousand other people at the XL Energy Center. I heard that was amazing. It was amazing. How fortunate Who was it? Uh, Bonnie Raitt, and this is uh, her was her first time back on the tour since she went uh, underwent emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, she missed a lot of dates. Of course, she hasn't given any more details, nor should she. Yeah. She just had an emergency. She was went. I and guess she, she opened went for, for James Taylor. Just for James. He came out and introduced her. I read that. Well, so the, were they a double headlining act? Uh, Would you I, say? Well, she came on first, and okay. she played for an hour, and then they refigured, reconfigured the stage, and he played, and then she came out at the end, and they did a couple of songs together. Nice. My friend said, yeah, she says he got a standing, James Taylor got a standing ovation when he introduced her. He oh, says, my gosh. It's true. And she it's said, uh, she said it was so good. He was very funny. He was in rare form. That's he, what Bream said. He was said. quite entertaining, and he had, he had great videos going on in the background, and uh, I... 
I, I it was it was jammed. You know, mm-hmm. they had the back, of course, cut off, but still thirteen thousand people yeah. for JT and Bonnie Raitt. This isn't there. any kind of farewell tour, is it? They're no, just going no, out on the no, road, okay? Because no, that seems no. to be kind this of the trend. Like Some be, people going out for the last time. They played together a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he seems to be like in like he's a really having fun performing. Oh yeah, you can yeah. tell. Yeah. yeah, he's seventy, she's sixty-eight, uh-huh. and they both look fabulous. Wow. So there you go. Well, the world's ugliest dog contest was in Petaluma, California this weekend. Donnie has posted the photo. and so cute. Minnesota is just taking over everything. Jaja, an English bulldog um, from Anoka, Megan Brainerd and her family drove out to Petaluma to at the Sonoma Marin Fair and entered Jaja. And I'm so glad one of those Chinese crested terriers didn't win. This oh, year. that's the easy win. That's such yeah. an easy win. I mean, bless win. their hearts. They're such an ugly little adorable breed. And Zsa Zsa and her owners were on the Today Show. The Today <gasps> Show flew them to New York. I know. And um, it's a, the competition is to promote pet adoption every year. So mm-hmm. they drove out with the dog, uh, Zsa Zsa has a tongue that doesn't stay in her mouth. It's so long, it's flopping all around, and it basically almost looks like it drags on the ground, and oh. then her teeth are so snaggly in this fantastic underbite. Oh. And then, of course, the drooly jowls. It beat out 13 other dogs to go home with a hot pink trophy, $1,500, and appearance on the Today Show. Oh, Jaja, you have to go and look at Jaja's photos. They're on our website, mytalk1071.com. Also on our Facebook page. What you failed to mention, Lori, is that Jaja has a lovely bubblegum pink pedicure. Yes, I know. Jaja's so ugly, she's cute. Yes, but that's what the world's ugliest dog is always like. They're so Ugly, but that white cre- that che- that that crested Chinese terrier is never cute. But I mean, they- I guess in a very Grinch like way, like <laughs> something Doctor Seuss would have dri- uh, dr- a face drawn. only a mother could love. Yeah. The, the crested terrier did not win last year either. Good. Last year it was the Neapolitan Mastiff named Martha. Oh, all right, oh. last year. Well, I really loved Jaja, and I love that the family drove out from Anoka and entered. And Jaja is named after Jaja Gabor. Just FYI, so she's just as fabulous as. Old Jaja. Fabulous darling. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> fabulous. Oh, and Jaja looks like she's living her best life. Smiles all around and a I perfect pedicure. I know it. Oh. Um, also, this was just a, a obituary that was in the New York Times. And just kind of, uh, I guess, apropos with, you know, Pride just finishing. But Dick Leitch, um, 83. And he is the guy who helped end the police entrapment of gays and organized the first major act of uh, civil disobedience by a gay rights group, a boozy sit-in known as the Sippin. He died in a hospice center in Manhattan on Friday, and he led the 1966 campaign uh, to end the practice of gay entrapment in New York City. This had a profound impact Mm -hmm. on gay life because it meant for the first time in a generation, a gay man going into a bar didn't have to worry about meeting a cute guy coming on to him that might be trying to be a plain clothesman who was trying to reach his quota. Yeah. So Richard Joseph Leitch, and he was was born in Kentucky in 1933. And uh, so anyway, that is uh, just somebody who passed away the weekend of Pride. Quite a life. Thanks. I know. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. I feel freedom. 
Oh, we feel your freedom, Kelly Clarkson. Gah, that voice. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay, so uh, only a few days after Heather Locklear was released from a three-day psychiatric hold for battering and attacking her parents, she's now, last night, was arrested for battery on a police officer and an EMT. She posted $20,000 bail this morning, and she's back at UCLA for treatment and another psych evaluation. I uh, couldn't believe yeah. this. Well, we were talking, of course, you just <sighs> mentioned that the there was the incident that happened last week, and I think all of us were just hoping on that... On Father's Day. On Father's Day, right. And we were hoping that maybe this was the moment, because she has had some issues in the past, very public issues. With, it's going with, back years going now. Going back years now, and then now we see this headline this morning. Yeah, I guess... Um, so it's been two back-to-back Sundays that she had um, the police uh, at her house, and they arrived at her home last night to answer a disturbance call from a family member at like six o'clock. And then they, okay, everything seemed to have calmed down. Then at about eleven, another phone call. No, get back here. And uh, so once again, she went ballistic Mm. and was intoxicated on something, agitated, punched an officer who tried to separate her. And when the paramedics were trying to put her on the gurney, she then kicked the EMT. So she was taken to a hospital for detox, I'm sure, then taken to the jail where she was booked and um, did a $20,000 bail and... uh, was seen leaving the Curta house with her lawyer in pajama pants and a hoodie and flip-flops and socks, which I'm sure they brought her because she was trying to hide. And she's on a hiatus from her public relations firm, which I take to mean she hasn't paid the bill. I totally right, Lori. Because she's got 90s money. Yes, she does. She has dynasty money, spin city money, Melrose but Place money. But do you think is it still coming yeah, in? Still, well, is it gone now? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, she's got think, a lot of legal fees. Yeah. I think it depends on whether or not she had a good business manager yeah. or not. Because All her right. house out in Ventura County, I think they showed some aerial footage of that house and it's very palatial. Yeah. So assuming that she managed all of her money correctly, right, then so she's probably pretty well off I'm, in that regard. I mean, another messy weekend. And, uh, I, I mean, she just, I, I, the family, someone, um, spoke off the record and they were hoping that when she went last weekend, on the fifty-one fifty holder, whatever they called, they wanted. They were trying to get her placed on um, a fifty-two fifty, which is a two-week stay, and a fifty-one fifty is a three-day seventy. Days. That's oh. the seventy-two, 72 hour, hour hold. Yeah. And from there, after they could have gone to court and gotten a thirty-day hold, because the family very much believes that she needs. A thirty, you know, she needs like extended, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess her medical record is hard to trace. So if the, her doctors are trying to figure out, does she have depression? Is there anxiety? Is there something else? This is often very mm-hmm. much a company's. She is able because she's famous. She jumps from doctor to doctor, and maybe she has a doctor field good in mm-hmm. her corner who will sign off on paperwork. She pays for her. in cash, yeah, mm-hmm. and it works against you because then you can't get the help that you need. So, really feeling for oh, for the yeah. family. I, I sent Julia a little note, and I said, "You're never going to believe what happened." 
She said, no, what? And I said, Heather Locklear got arrested again. And we're just like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, Heather, we want you to be the best yes. Heather you can be. I really hope that, um, I hope she can get it together. And I hope she gets the help she needs. I really do. Absolutely. It's just sad. All it right. Is. So let's make ourselves happy with this news. This happened on Saturday. We were talking about on Friday. Kid Harrington and Rose Leslie got married at her family's Scottish castle. Donnie has posted these photos. And uh, Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, somebody said, I never knew who those two were till you refer to them till they're Game of Stone names. Or Game, <laughs> Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones true. names. Well, it's true. It's Jon Snow, Snow. and Egret. Yes. And, and they look fabulous. I she, really think she looks lovely in her flower crown. Oh, yes. They Sail. met and fell in love while working on Game of Thrones. They're madly in love. They've been man love. She is... Giddy, I absolutely yes. loved her gown. Mm-hmm. It was elegant lace and it was off white. It was kind of looked antique, vintagey. Yes. It, was it was so pretty. Just the right amount of whimsical and romantic. Because it didn't look like a doily, like sometimes when it's too lacy. And then um, I loved her floral headpiece and veil. Oh, yes. The only thing I didn't like. And, and, and Jon Snow, Kit Harrington looked giddy and he had Jon Snow. Uh, hair and they already live in New York together, but um, what's her name? Sophie Turney, Turner, <laughs> who's dating Joe Jonas, who plays Sansa. Mm-hmm. She yes. wore her pretty woman hooker nightclub outfit oh, to no. the afternoon Scottish yeah. wedding. Did you see it, Holly? Did, Did you see it? No, I haven't, but Take I'm going look to look at, at, the at the it right now. Oh, boy. And she was there with Maisie Williams, who was uh. in a darling jumpsuit, and Amelia Clark looked like she was going to a luncheon. <laughs> and Peter Dinklage looked very scowly because all these people at, were outside of this church, which is near her Family. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Asshole. Oh, Sophie Turner. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah. no. It, she's got basically a red coat on that barely covers her hoo-ha and over the knee black thigh-high boots, and then those terrible tiny little 90s 
sunglasses. Why, why, Lori? Are we? <laughs> who in the love is trying to bring back the tiny '90s sunglasses? I think that there are probably three 16-year-olds on the entire planet that can pull off that look. They are unforgiving, they and are. they're unforgiving on her face too. Yeah. No, they're not good. I was at the Mall of America this weekend, and I saw some of these little tiny sunglasses, and I thought, well, okay. But no, Sophie Turner, I don't know what she was thinking. I have no idea. She wasn't. Joe Jonas wasn't with her, but I mean. Well, that is not. It's just a really harsh color, too. Her jacket is bright red. Her glasses are bright red. And then she just has the black, white, red thing. Like, that's an outfit that you wear when you go to the club with your girlfriends. And you'll look hot. To a wedding. Not to a wedding. I don't know what she was thinking. Sansa, that's just not like you. But I did like the guy who came in a kilt from Game of Thrones. I don't know what his name is, but he just looked perfect. Now, Kid Harrington, a.k.a. Jon Snow, he didn't wear a kilt. No, he wore a morning suit. But beautiful. She just is so cute. Her smile is... She wrinkles her nose and smiles with her... All of her teeth. It's just so cute. You can tell they're so happy. And can we just take a moment to appreciate Kit Harrington's hair? Beautiful. And really encourage him to not shave it all off. <laughs> I know he wants new beginnings. Mm-hmm. He said this last week that after he's done with Game of Thrones, he kind of wants to shave off all of his hair to start yeah. afresh. But for the love, please don't yeah. do it. Great oh, it's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it. I also love that um, after. The ceremony, they returned to Ward Hill Castle for the reception. Again, the castle that's been in Rose's family for 900 years. Wait, what? Yes, yeah. yes. I, So she's from... Uh, Peerage of Gen- some sort. Oh, yes. Landed gentry. Right. Yes, this is where Rose grew up. Is it hard to heat a castle? I don't what? know. But it <laughs> yes. probably it's a nice uh, cold sleep, which is kind of good. But uh, anyway, the flower crown in her hair with the veil is so pretty. And also... In, when you look at the photos that Donnie posted of um, Rose and Kit running hand in hand to the car as the friends are th- tossing flower petals in the air, and the fact that the car was a beat-up old Land Rover with a just-married sign just made me so happy. It is. Great. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah oh. it's really, really, it's really cute the way they're just like, you know, that Wub. photo of them running. Mm-hmm. We. Anyway, I'm sure people were um, had a very fun time at that wedding reception. Indeed. It Indeed. just seems like it would have been fun. Yes, and hopefully, no one, everyone made amazing wedding toasts, and no one went on and on and on with their wedding toasts. Oh my gosh, that gets awkward. It's the wedding toast season. I am planning a wedding with my friends, not for me, but yeah. it's for my friend. And we were just having that discussion last night on a group thread. Like, what do you do in order to wrangle people's expectations about speeches and clinking the glasses when you when you want the bride and groom to kiss? Well, that one is, I think, not. I think people are okay. You know, they can mm-hmm. handle that one. But a lot of people either think they're going to wing their speech. Oh, no. Which don't yeah. wing it. And don't do too many, don't do inside things. And when in doubt, less is more, and it yep. should never be over three minutes. And do not pull out two pages oh, of gosh. notes, okay? Because you're losing the room right there. Nobody cares. I'll be on the patio. I'll be at yeah. the open bar. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. <sighs> wedding season. It's it, here. It, it is. It is. And I've been to a wedding where a matron of honor read three pages ah! of. Oh, gosh. 
Sit down. A dear diary <laughs> to the bride love letter that ah. went on and on. It was it was it was embarrassing no. for everybody involved. Mm. Say on the Rose Leslie, are you talking about the guy who was helping her out of the car with the kilt? That no, guy? no, oh, that a handsome guy. guy that's just in attendance from oh, Game okay. of Thrones. Yeah. Go mm. conferencing. This is going viral in a big way. This is the My Talk Now trending report. What's this? What's the latest? Trending online this afternoon, would-be Westworld fans are discussing the HBO show's second season finale that happened last night. What will be happening in season three? I'm sure we've probably got a year and a half to think about it. Also trending online this afternoon, the BET Awards. The awards were last night, and one of the highlights included Anita Baker receiving a Lifetime Achievement Awards. Also trending is Pawn Stars. Richard Harrison, best known as the old man on the reality show Pawn Stars on History, has passed away at the age of 77. Also trending, Dan Ingram, the legendary radio DJ, has passed away at the age of 83. And also a robot burger trending because the world's first robot-made burger is about to be available in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yes, a robot will put together your burger for only $6 starting tomorrow. Mm, the future is now. That's us trending here at my talk. All right, here's your forecast. Uh, showers and thunderstorms are going to hit us, but not until about 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, and uh, those showers and thunderstorms will continue through early tomorrow afternoon, giving us a 64 low tonight and a 74 high for your Tuesday. Right now, it is 81 at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. I just had to let you know your I'm so Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. That is Bazi. The name of the song is mine. I like it. I like it. Okay, so D- Danny or Donnie, do you know uh, the guy that um, she just gave the, the, I sure the dime? Do. Yeah, Dandy Dan Ingram. I grew up listening to him on WABC in New York. And as a matter of fact, on one of our podcasts, Holly and I talked about Dan Ingram. You remember that, Holly? Yeah. So on our podcast, Donnie and I do a podcast. It's called Stories from Top 40. So we went and looked back at some of the influences of Little Donnie. And in fact, (laughs) Little Donnie. (laughs) Little little Donnie. And Little Donnie loved Dan Ingram, the boss jock DJ, so much that he made a fan tape and sent. Did you send it to Dan Ingram? I did. Me and my childhood friend, uh, Mike. Yeah. Uh, we put together a little I just, silly It should be tape. Spike since you grew up in the Bronx, Donnie. You should just say, I was in uh, fifth floor. He was on a sixth floor on the projects. And uh, we both loved Dan Ingram. And we, we were probably, you know, early teens, uh-huh. 14 or so. And we put this little tape it. together. And uh, lo and behold, he, he answered us. He did? Yeah. He sent us a, sent us a, a beautiful note back. Oh, and, cool. um yeah, that's well. When Holly said that, I was like, "Wow, oh, Dan Ingram! I yeah. mean, that's that was one of my heroes." You know, say so I want to be like him. Yeah. Well, you did kind of grow up to be uh, like yeah, him. You yeah, had a radio I and you're a DJ yeah. for many years. Seventy-seven WABC. <laughs> and if you go back and listen to the podcast, you can actually hear. Little Donnie from 1968, because yep. we have the tape, the tape, oh, we have oh the tape, yeah. we have wow. the tape, have and it. you can listen to Little Donnie. I every time you say Little Donnie, I think of <laughs> Donnie's nickname for his, you know. Oh no! Well, he told us you, that. Oh. Yeah. Wait, so, what? No, no. wait, 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 Ricky. Wait. Oh yeah, Little, little Ricky. Ricky, Little Ricky. Little That's Ricky. right, Not Little Ricky. Donnie. Forget wait. it. Not Little Donnie. Never mind. Excuse me, Donnie. I hey, I didn't bring this up just now. Lori did. No. Hold on a second. It was years ago. And 
We don't know how it happened. Yeah, we don't know how it happened, but it just happened. Why little Ricky? Ricky? I I, I was just making it up. I just threw a name out there. But for a second, I thought it was little Donnie. So every time you're calling it little Donnie, I'm like going, (laughs) Stop it. Oh my God. Stop it. Yeah. No, actual All young right, Don. So, yeah. Okay, Don. so do you know the TV personality Rabbi Shmuley Bochtek? He is? has been associated with Oprah in the past. I feel Michael he... Jackson. Mm-hmm. He worked with him. Well, apparently he has. Um, I don't know if it's a podcast that he has. I think it's a podcast. And Roseanne Barr sat down with him. The today, both the Today Show and GMA did a recap of it, but. Um, Let's uh, roll that tape, Donnie. This morning, Roseanne Barr, in her own words. I've made myself a hate magnet. And as a Jew, it's just horrible. It's horrible. The disgraced comedian opening up in a newly released interview with Rabbi Shmuley Boutique. Their conversation taking place after ABC's swift decision to pull the plug on Barr's hit, Roseanne Reboot. Following her racist tweet about a former senior advisor to President Obama. When you hurt people... Even unwittingly, there's no excuse. I apologize to anyone who thought or felt offended and who thought that I meant something that I, in fact, did not mean uh, through my own ignorance. And I, there's no excuse for that ignorance. In the since-deleted tweet, Barr's reference to Valerie Jarrett was, quote, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. The comedian now calling the remark a huge error, one she says she deeply regrets. I have black children in my family. I'm a lot of things. I'm a loud mouth and all that stuff, but I'm not stupid, for God's sake, and I never would have wittingly called any black person a say they are a monkey. I never would do that, and I didn't do that. Barr repeatedly apologizing through tears. And addressing another tweet, also since deleted, where she blamed her actions on ambient tweeting. That's no excuse, but that is what was real. The new interview, recorded the day after ABC canceled Barr's show, comes just days after the network announced another Roseanne reboot. This time without its namesake star. The network greenlighting a spinoff tentatively titled The Connors. The 10-episode series set to debut this fall will feature original cast members John Goodman, Laurie Metcalf, and Sarah Gilbert. Without the Connor matriarch, one of America's favorite TV families, proving the show must go on. Now, Roseanne also revealed that ABC asked her to get off Twitter when they first hired her back to bring her show back because, quote, I'm always saying things. And in the rest of the interview, not only did Disney ask her to stop with the Twitter when the show was coming back, the showrunner, her kids, her other family members, her longtime boyfriend, all of them begged her because she has been posting this crap for years. You're exactly right. I think she could did the monkey comparison. I was I think it was Susan Rice. Um, who worked at, was it Susan Rice in uh, that Obama? Who was the target, you mean? In the Obama. There was yeah. another person. She's done the comparison yeah. before. She's she's like, she's been such a nut on Twitter. I, I honestly feel well, like, I mean, I feel like she is very remorseful. Like she really, she, she blew it. Yeah. And all she had to do 
was stay off Twitter. She could have been this way, however way she thinks, whatever her beliefs are, whatever she passionately believes. The more she kept putting it out there, this stuff is going to catch up to everyone who's doing it. Absolutely. And she lost her job. And I think she's so... She loves acting. Yes. Like that was like really... She has cut off her nose to spite her face. And I, when you have that many people that, and, and her castmates asked her. Well, you know, and it's interesting that she brings this up because I think one of the things, one of the topics of conversation surrounding all of this is like, surely ABC understood Roseanne's Twitter presence and what she puts out there. And that that is ultimately going to be a liability for not only the show, but your corporation. Yeah. The stuff that she posted when Obama was president. I mean, it's there are some people and who've said, well, why did ABC and Disney even give her a job when you can so clearly see? And who knows? Maybe she might've said, I'm going to dial it back. Right. Or whatever. And um, uh, I, I think that, I mean, she does. I mean, I felt like I can't listen to somebody give a tearful apology, apology, and and not not feel bad for them. But I think that she has forgotten. She needs to scroll back and look at her Twitter feed. Oh yes, at the stuff that she has shared mm-hmm. and who she's responded to and what she said, because to me, she's as sick as all the stuff that she uh, rabidly posts. Because a lot of it is just like really, like. Well, do people really believe all of this? Well, and some of it probably bots, propaganda, uh, like a lot of stuff that's supposed to incite conflict. When you read some of the stuff that Rosanna tweeted, that's That's the fake news. Thank you, Lori. That is the fake news. Now, this interview was taped just uh, probably in late May because the show got canceled on May 29th. So Roseanne speaking to Rabbi Shmuley in a very raw sense. Now, you would think. Why wouldn't they release this before she was still trying to maybe get her get back or right but but interestingly enough you look through roseanne's twitter account and she hasn't stopped she hasn't stopped it continues Mm -hmm. it's like an addiction she she wasn't fired for that just one tweet that might have been (coughs) straw that broke the camel's back as they say (laughs) yeah and it was an awful hateful racist trashy tweet Mm -hmm. but she She's just tweeted racist crap for years, yeah. and um, all of it was out in the open. She, Michelle Obama, she's done some hateful things about Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to repeat the one that she did about Mrs. Obama because a member of my family did that, and I mean, there was almost right. There was almost a. What do you call it when you tackle somebody that you know really well? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe possibly just an estrangement <laughs> yeah. at the yeah. very least right. with that family so member. So you have to wonder why ABC in the first place got back into bed with Roseanne. Yeah. You know, they rolled the dice. Yeah, I they, think, did. Yeah. they did. They did. We'll take a chance. I, yeah. I, I think, Donnie, that's it. I think that I they know, saw, you know what, ABC? We, can, we got a chance to make some money and, and we'll take a chance. the script looked good. They had yeah. these great writers and Roseanne has been in her comedic way. She is brilliant. But to me, 
She is as sick as all of her tweets. Her personality and her decision-making and her thoughts and in her heart is sort of what she's feeding on online. This is happening to someone I know in my family. Mm -hmm. They are so deep in... Addicted to the negativity. Yes, and also in just like so nutty. So nutty and so... um, um, I mean, I just feel like she she just must be getting fed everything from bots and you know, like people. Once they know that you'll you'll share it and you'll try and spread it, you get sent even more mm-hmm. of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person in my family, she's so deeply unhappy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that the two are tied together well it feeds into each other it's a symbiotic relationship if you're in a and if you're in a negative negative place in your life these kinds of negative stories may resonate with you and then so on and so forth and that's the kind of information that you're feeding yourself and with everybody with social media it takes a lot of uh self-discipline does in order to To be in the present and be in the now and to Actually, you know, not just be it, it's I, for whatever reason, the it just seems like it's people are more easily in inflamed now because there's so many more incendiary things. And then people feel that they have to back them up. Yeah. Even though they're not even based in any kind of truth. So no, not based in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I do think Roseanne is very remorseful. I wouldn't doubt if she was ambient tweeting. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't doubt it at all. Right, and then she's like, "Oh, wait a second, but, yeah, but she needs to take a good hard look." Ambient doesn't make you a racist. No, I get yeah. that, but okay. what I'm saying is that it brings down all of your self control, your I impulses. See. You might um, remember we learned about ambient sex, how wild people are on ambient sex that they do things and they wake up sore in spots they didn't <laughs> realize were going to be seen any action. Right, I just you know you hope that Roseanne yeah. steps away from social media honestly, legitimately, honestly, and just no, take don't. a break. Go to your macadamia nut farm in Hawaii and chill out, and and maybe you know see a therapist. Yeah, maybe see a really least. good yes, she counselor. Does need psychological mm-hmm. Yeah, just mm-hmm. see a good counselor yeah. and then put down the damn f- phone and listen to everyone that loved you before you started the show that was asking you, don't do this. Exactly. All right, listen, we come back. Uh, It's an anniversary today. People, it's an anniversary. This is better. Go, Holly. (laughs) Getting it on over there, Holly? Mm -hmm. How can you not? We needed this on the pontoon yesterday. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We forgot this song. We did. We had a couple of Michael Jackson. And there's a reason why we are playing Michael That's Jackson. right. It has been nine years, people, since Michael Jackson passed away. Aww. 
Nine years. I cannot believe it. In the morning, nine years ago, Farrah Fawcett passed away. And then in the afternoon, when we were on the air, That's right. Michael Jackson, it was about five o'clock. And Julia's trying to tell Donnie and I, and we didn't even believe it because there had been, we were almost not having Michael Jackson exha- exhaustion, but we had been talking heavily about Michael Jackson since the O2, the 50 shows were announced like the previous fall. Yes. So we had been talking all through that fall, the winter when they were preparing. Donnie, I believe we all made bets. About and, how many he'd actually be able to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you, Julia, thought, had believed he was going to do them all. Donnie, yeah. I think I said that he's not even, none of them are going to happen. Yeah. I think I said Donnie, 10. yeah, said like 10. 10 Somewhere in the middle of yeah. that. But that's right because around the time of his death, those This Is It concert tour or the O2 Arena shows in London were supposed to be happening. And I remember the press conference like in yes. September in, you know, London and my, and we hadn't seen Michael Jackson. No. And so we really were, talking about him once or twice a week so when the news broke that he'd passed away we just couldn't even it was unreal when it, it happened. was unreal we just couldn't even even believe it and then of course you know there was all the you know just i mean it was pride weekend too i believe I think because I feel like there was something that ended up at a dance party at First Avenue. I mean, it was like that they used it as a moment yeah, to celebrate. People, people were just yeah. like turning out for it. But he, yeah, it was he, in L.A. when this happened. Yes. Right across the street from where Elvis Presley owned a home in Bel Air. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it happened because I was in Beverly Hills. And you it was, were? Yes. And it was just watching the footage and thinking that it was so unreal because in the morning Farrah Fawcett had passed away and I remember feeling we, we, sad about that. Yes, we were. But we knew, you know, I, if you'd watched her reality show, we knew it was like, a, you know, she had a bad kind of cancer and it didn't seem like the prognosis was going to be good. So we were like a little bit prepared for Farrah, although not 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 her age. We, no. we did not like that no, at all. No. And then Michael Jackson um and I mean, do you remember just like, could you hear the helicopters or anything? You know, I think that there was an element of chaos because I was in Beverly Hills working yeah. at the time and, and that he, I think, eventually went to UCLA or whatever, but yes. it was really close to the scene. And I think everyone was just in disbelief. I remember standing in the line at a bank and all and the it, TVs had this footage yeah. of Michael Jackson and w- what's happening, what's going on. And I think, you know, like the whole entire world, mm-hmm. everyone was in disbelief that this was actually happening. Happening. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess um well this is something a, a thing that some things you may or may not know about Michael Jackson. Okay. Um for the Motown 25 performance where he performed Billie Jean and Moonwalk for the first time, he had a black sparkly jacket on. Mm-hmm. That black sparkly jacket was his mom's. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Didn't know that? I say that for uh, huh. Grant Whitaker, our fashion <laughs> catalyst, <laughs> yes, who had a sure. float right next to ours. He's always Ooh. been a fan sometimes of a fitted woman's jacket. Absolutely. Sure. And Michael Jackson was slender. Yes. And maybe that was something deep back in the day of his mom's closet. And um, um, did you know he lived with Diana Ross during his early days at Motown? I did not. So early seventies, Jackson mm-hmm. five days. Mm-hmm. His first, oh yeah, yeah. More late even late sixties. Uh, his first solo album at the age of thirteen was 
the name of the album? The name? Yeah. yeah I'm just trying Michael to... Jackson? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Michael, Ben? Got to be oh, there. Oh, got to be got there. Got to be yeah, there. Oh, yeah. Johnny, we got to play that song. Uh, oh, That's sure, so good. Yeah. That was in college. Um, and too, who originally called Michael Jackson the king of pop, rock, and soul at an awards ceremony? And after that, he was it was shortened to the king of pop by the media. What year? Do you have a year? I don't have a year, but it was oh. a person. Quincy Jones? No. Oh, good guess. Good guess. Mm-hmm. You get um, one guess, Holly. I get one mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... Uh, I don't know, Fred Astaire, Elizabeth Taylor. No, his good his friend. Good friend. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, his good. Uh, uh, Michael's song, Michael's song, "Smooth Criminal," was called Al Capone, and then they changed it. Mm. Oh, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, let's see. Jackie Onassis wrote the foreword to Michael's autobiography, "Moonwalk." She edited that book huh. or helped in the editing. No. Yeah. Flip an idea. Oh, mm-hmm. here we go. Here little, we go. Little MJ. Oh, this yeah. just makes you think oh. of the 70s. 70, if you live there. 1970, <laughs> 70, fall of 71. Uh-huh. Hmm. And did you know Michael could parasail and water ski? Oh, yes, he could. No, didn't know Multi-talented. that Multi-talented. And uh, that Scream video he did with his sister Janet. Still the most expensive music video ever made. Oh, so much hype when that video came out. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Oh, listen to that voice. He was the first black artist on MTV. With uh, with Thriller. Thriller? Mm -hmm. That's right. And uh, he's won more awards than any other artist. And his uh, uh, video, Blood on the Dance Floor, was dedicated to Elton John, that song. And... Video. I don't know what that means. I don't know that don't song, either. Blood on the Dance Floor. Uh, I think oh. it came out in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I don't know the video either. I don't either. So now we, like now our, we have to look it up I and know. see why it's dedicated to Elton John. Um, And uh, you probably know who played guitar in Be Dead. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Bingo, yeah. mm-hmm. bingo. And uh, who's played uh, guitar for Michael on stage and in studio on more than one occasion? He's got curly hair. And maybe Ooh, is no. Slash? That's correct. I think Zach. that he played guitar. Did he play guitar on Black or White? Yes, I that think so. That song yeah, from yeah, yeah. the Dangerous album? Yeah, I guess yeah, those two loved, uh, they loved working together. Because Michael didn't play instruments. He no. heard it in his head. Remember we saw that interview and that special that they did? Mm-hmm. He just knew he could hear it. Quincy Jones called Michael smelly, not because he smelled, because he could smell out a good song. Oh. His instincts were so good because he would just say, you know, he was, that's why he and Prince didn't, you know, Prince sometimes. Prince was the consummate instrumentalist. Yes. And then here's Michael Jackson just saying things and dictating it yeah. to other people. But hearing it in his mm-hmm. head, I mean, I guess it's, they're both talents to be had. Yeah. But both of them, you know, seem like it might be exhausting to never be able to turn off the music in your mind, you know? Yeah. That genius. Oh, sure, yeah. anyway, too soon. So those are just some things just, that... Remember the good times. Yeah. And also, Farrah Fawcett has a beauty product uh, unveiled. She always wore this fantastic shade of pink lipstick and her friend Alana. The money... We posted it. Take a look at it. Really, I want to buy a nude Envy. We'll be back.